Coming up on Grubstakers, we take a magical trip to the beautiful world of Holland, Michigan, where we profile billionaire, investor, Navy SEAL war hero, founder of Blackwater, and alleged murderer of state witnesses, Eric Prince. Coming up right now. I think we disproportionately stop whites too much. I taught those kids lessons on product development and marketing, and they taught me what it was like growing up feeling targeted for your race. I am proud to be gay. I am proud to be a Republican. You know, I went to a tough school in Queens, and they used to beat up the little Jewish boys. You know, I love having the support of real billionaires. Hello and welcome to Grubstakers, the podcast about billionaires. Sean P. McCarthy here, joined as always by my friends... Andy Palmer. Steve Jeffers. Yogi Pollywell. And uh, this week, our guest, we're very excited to have him, a, a very funny comedian, co-host of the Katie Halper Show, host of the new podcast, Eat, Pray, Judge, Gabe Pacheco is here. Hey, thrilled to be here. And yeah. thank you so much for being here, Gabe. And Gabe was actually the one who suggested we do this week's episode on Eric Prince. And having done a bit of research on Eric Prince, I'm so excited about the idea because this will be our first episode on a Metal Gear Solid boss battle. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is insane. He's a, a billionaire, mercenary, oh, former... That, 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 that. Don't say mercenary. That's their N-word. <laughs> You can only uh, civilian contractor <laughs> and uh, war hero. Uh, yes. Really, just in charge of security and transportation. Yes, <laughs> uh, he helped. He helped develop the Shagahod. <laughs> And so, like, Eric Prince, if you, you Google his net worth, it's a few different websites put it at about $2.4 but Forbes, for their part, has not estimated his net worth. And there's probably a reason behind that, which is that he's been involved in uh, illicit money laundering and shell companies. Allegedly. So, Let's get ale- that out yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. He's not going to sue us. He's just going to kill us. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, it's, it's hard to put a, an exact figure on his net worth, but I think we can all confidently say this guy is a billionaire and, again, former Navy SEAL, the founder of Blackwater, a uh, uh, famous mercenary. Don't and- say that. <laughs> we could call him a sellsword. No. <laughs> he would actually probably so, be into that. It's like yeah. a, one of those turn-of-the-century racial slurs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, that's my Game of Thrones nerd reference for the you. Celestial. <laughs> In a long tradition, uh, like the Pinkertons. What is his sign? Yeah, um, but so I guess, uh, and Eric Prince has actually been in the news this week because he's uh, attempting to sell Donald Trump on privatizing the war in Afghanistan again. And so um, just to kind of go through that briefly, uh, in 2017, he... uh, So he wrote a thing. (laughs) In 2017, he tried to uh, uh, get his plan for uh, privatizing the Afghanistan war, which if I can summarize what he said to Forbes, he says he wants to have about 6,000 of his contractors uh, uh, supplemented by 2,000 U.S. special forces, you know, SEALs, Delta, these kinds of things, uh, and they will essentially take over the entire U.S. operation in Afghanistan, and then the government will pay him like $10 billion a year or something like that. And, uh, this is how we made the case to the American people. In 1941, shortly after Pearl Harbor pulled the United States into World War II, a group of volunteer American aviators led by General Claire Chenault, known as the Flying Tigers, fought Japanese aggression in China. They were so successful that many people believe they were decisive in holding back Japan, eventually leading to its defeat. 
Although they were paid volunteers rather than members of the American military, they were not denigrated as mercenaries. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, I watched uh, um, uh, John Stossel, the, the famous libertarian uh, commentator. He did like a puff piece interview with Eric Prince to sell this privatizing of the war in Afghanistan because, of course, that's what, you know, libertarians believe in is a fucking <laughs> mass murder with no accountability. <laughs> Um, but yes, no, he did this. They're puff held accountable by the forces of the market. He did Look. this puff piece, and they had video reel of the fucking flying tigers. So he's like literally <laughs> just parroting wow. Prince's arguments about this. Look at the last time we commodified violence and put it out there on the open market. <laughs> <laughs> we had these wonderful gallant aviators. <laughs> it's the, great that he doesn't. The mention last time uh, we we got the great result of creating mixed martial arts. <laughs> um, but, yeah, oh, yeah, the other thing from that Stossel interview is uh, uh, Eric Prince says as one of the benefits of privatizing the Iraq war that now when they want to call in drone strikes, or sorry, Afghanistan war, now when uh, they want to call in drone strikes, they have to call up a lawyer in Dubai. <laughs> and then if you just let him run the war, you won't have to do that oh, anymore. Wow. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's good that we're uh, uh, removing layers to prevent civilian death. <laughs> Uh, but so, yeah, just like uh, a quick thing on this Afghan war. So he's been like this week in particular, he's been on Fox News a lot. He, again, attempting to communicate directly with the president. Uh, and um, by this week, Sean means a week and a half ago. Yes. Uh, uh, but so um, he uh, he tried to pitch this plan in 2017 and he told Forbes uh, that Trump would have gone with it. But he says, quote, if it was not for the Buckle of Charlottesville and the lady that got killed and all the political blowback that fell on the president, I am almost sure he would not have made the decision against it. So Charlottesville prevented the president right, right. from privatizing Afghanistan last year, but he, this year Eric Prince is more confident, though for his part, uh, Defense Secretary uh, James Mattis said, uh, quote, um, good on Heather Hare. <laughs> for stopping <laughs> the privatization of the Afghanistan war. Uh, uh, James Mattis, the defense secretary, said, quote, when Americans put their nation's credibility on the line, privatizing it is probably not a wise idea. So there's at least some pushback against this, but uh, Trump and uh, Steve Bannon are apparently interested in the idea. So we'll see if it happens. So Charlottesville was a net good? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> you had people in that group. Excuse me. Excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. <laughs> I mean, like, technically speaking, we are avoiding war because Charlottesville was Yeah, you know, and people say Antifa doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> kept Eric Prince out of running the Afghanistan war. And um, I, I think we'll get to... It's also the only uh, instance I can think of of someone just trying to buy a war. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I'll just take this off your hands. It's really debt consolidation <laughs> for the war. Like, he buys the war with like its own debt. <laughs> Sla slaps top of military command. Like this baby will. <laughs> I'm gonna take Afghanistan public. Uh, oh, one other thing I forgot. So when he um, was pitching this in 2017, his idea was there would be a person in um, Afghanistan who was in charge of the war who reported back to the president. And in 2017, he called this person the, quote, Viceroy. <laughs> and, and then apparently somebody told him about the history of colonialism in that time. And he since does not refer to that person as the Viceroy <laughs> of Afghanistan anymore. Um, but yes. Uh, but so, like, they're the good guys from Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> Here's some money. Go see a Star War. Uh, uh, but so... Um, I guess we'll kind of go loosely as we usually do chronological, but we'll get to 
the Blackwater experiment of privatized military in Iraq and why repeating that in Afghanistan might not be such a great idea. What? Um, but I, I guess just to kind of start from the beginning. Uh, we take a magical trip. Hey, guys. Peter Ralph Handy here. Hey, I'm down here on the Main Street in Holland, Michigan. Pretty cool little town. Let's go check it out. <laughs> to Holland, Michigan. Uh, this is where um, his fa- uh, Eric Prince's father, Edgar Prince, and of course he's also the father of uh, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos. Uh, is, he was um, uh, he wasn't born there, but he moved there. Or he, he was yeah, born he there. Moved, I, I think he moved there. I'm pretty sure he wasn't born there. Okay, um, but he, yes. Oh wait. He was born there. He was. So he was born in Holland, Michigan, and he became, some people say, quote, like the king of Holland, Michigan, because he founded this uh, uh, automobile manufacturing group. Um, Basically, or, he made it big. And the reason we have Betsy DeVos and Eric Prince is mm-hmm. that if you're ever in a car and you pull down the sun visor mm-hmm. and there's a little mirror with a lamp. Right. He designed that lamp. Wow. And that kickstarted the Prince empire was the little sun visor lamp. And cars. Man, that's crazy. I just like uh, the idea of just how many people were murdered in SUVs in Iraq, and their last thing before being murdered by Blackwater was the invention of <laughs> his father uh, blinding their vision. All right. Vanity mirror light lamps is the reason we have Betsy DeVos now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think we could have done without that. <laughs> I really think that wasn't worth the sacrifice. Yeah, but what if you got to, like, comfort is the poison at night? <laughs> and this is showing why it is. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it was the Prince Corp was the uh, uh, the overarching group that did this and some other types of stuff. And, uh, and but they had a, a, a wacky young uh, doctor by the name of Eli Coates, mm-hmm. who also happens to be my grandfather. Full disclosure, my yes. grandpa was the Prince Corporation, one of their doctors in-house. Now you know why we keep Andy on. Yeah. <laughs> Because my I, but it turns out he did not deliver DeVos and Prince. But yeah, interestingly was... enough, two of the five people in this room have uh, tertiary connections <laughs> to Eric Prince. So uh, it hopefully, will be uh, very difficult for him to find us after this comes out. <laughs> but yeah, Gabe, you were saying the I guess uh, an inspector general who we'll get to has links to uh, Blackwater as well, and Gabe has a family relationship with them. <laughs> I've, I've known Joseph Schmitz for a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, but but this town of Holland, yeah. Before uh, Edgar was even in charge, it was it was founded by some some uh, extremely um, hardworking and Spartan Calvinists. Oh, that's good. Uh, oh. Protestants. Protestants and fiercely proud of it. Well, I'm glad that kind of thought died out. <laughs> it was not uh, heavily funded and injected into the American mainstream. And that's what Edgar was. He was one of these guys. These Calvinist psychopaths. That's right. That's right. And yeah. they have the world's biggest tulip festival. Hmm. Or at least America's biggest tulip festival. In Holland, Michigan? In Holland, Michigan. Beautiful Well, Holland, it's, Michigan. it's nice that they celebrate the last time they destroyed the economy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Also, Eric Prince went to Holland Christian High School, mm. uh, which my mother did not go to. She went to the public high school, but she says that during the town parades, they would heckle uh, Holland Prince's little parade... Uh, or Holland Christian's little parade <laughs> group. Yeah. So Black Blackwater, my... Blackwater mercenaries opened fire. <laughs> <laughs> Several <laughs> residents were killed. The Blackwater got started by arming the kids from the sandlot. <laughs> Mom, what's that tank doing there? Well, you know the light in our visor? 
Sorry, what were you saying, Andy? They just heckled this. Just that they, they heckled the Holland Crest. So maybe my mom's heckled Eric Prince and more, more likely Betsy DeVos. She's a little older. Your mother created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only way to get over my insecurity is to deploy in war zones <laughs> and commit atrocities. Um, but yeah, so uh, he grew up, essentially his dad was a billionaire or at least had a billion dollar company so i mean you know this is a hugely silver spoon kind of case it's just, and um and it wasn't like growing up and being a billionaire in manhattan yeah, where there's right, other right. billionaires like the prince family basically ran they were the heart and soul of this city this holland that must be nuts because you like everybody knows who you are like eric prince doesn't walk around and go get groceries in that like when he's growing up and people don't know who he is you know right so you're just like born being like everyone is beneath me yeah there's no there's no like uh, other rival bloomberg type <laughs> right 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 other families to like ride your ponies with like yeah. you're it you're mm. in the in the town square there's a statue of edgar prince what yeah I don't know. That's what, like anytime somebody that has a statue and they haven't like made society better, they just own a lot of stuff. Part of me is like, what? Where are our values? They already have everything. Why do they need a statue as well? Yeah, and and this is where like that. I guess that sort of no government benevolent libertarian thing would come from mm-hmm. is when you walk around a town and it's basically celebration from Disney. Yeah, yeah. But you're you're like my family created this. <laughs> then <laughs> what's Uncle Sam got to do with it? Right, right, yeah. right, right. I have just realized underneath the statue of Edgar Prince would be the perfect place to have a gay wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so um, Edgar Prince, you know, uh, this this uh, Prince Corps uh, automobile accessory manufacturer, primarily billion dollar company. Uh, so uh, Betsy DeVos and Eric Prince both grew up in privilege. And according to this Forbes article, uh, the family traveled wildly, apparent uh, widely. Um, I, I like wild, is, wildly. Yeah. <laughs> <Both> <laughs> they really went yeah. all out. Yeah. <laughs> They're on, on wolves. <laughs> wildly traveled. <laughs> They had two mimosas. Um, but so uh, apparently they also went like behind the Iron Curtain, you know, Eastern Europe under communism. And this infused, uh, according to Forbes, Eric with a fervent belief in the primacy of free market economics to the point where he would argue with his more liberal teachers about how great Reagan was and how evil communism is, this kind of stuff. And um, nothing like finding out a billionaire was a smart ass as a kid. <laughs> oh, you mean that guy that owns nearly everything and is killing a whole bunch of people also used to mouth out to authorities constantly as well? Right, like a young Monty Burns. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Also visited Dachau where he learned what private industry Jesus. can, uh, different ways they can make money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so uh, uh, Edgar Prince. Um, uh, we, we mentioned his conservatism. He's uh, one of the founders of the uh, Fundamentalist Family Research Council, which is a, a, a Christian anti-LGBT group. Uh, it's been called a hate group uh, by the Southern Poverty Law Center, among others. In 99, uh, this is from AmericanProgress.org, uh, Family Research Council staffer wrote, quote, Uh, In 1999, gaining access to children has been a long-term goal of the homosexual movement. And the Catholic Church. (laughs) (laughs) It really is like a see-no-evil, hear-no-evil thing when it comes to the Catholic Church. Like, yeah, fucking Jesus. Now, Uh, the the Family Research Council, uh, mm -hmm. the the other guy that's really important for that is uh, James Dobson. Right. And uh, he is, uh, and and they really, they coined the term prayer warriors. Hmm. And uh, they they found ways to spread their insidious right wing messages 
uh, in small church groups. Oh, really? Which was like outside of the view of most mainstream right, like right. news and political organizations. So it's like they they did it. They're the like, word of mouth in, internally. Yeah. Right. 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 Which is also kind of like what uh, Dick DeVos was doing mm-hmm. through Amway. Oh, interesting. Because Amway has that similar uh, evangelical cult-like right. feel to it once you're part of it. Yeah. So that, like, they're like, here's the Tupperware you got to sell. Also, make sure you always vote Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Spread the message. Yeah. yeah. I just like the idea of like the reason the government got so overbilled in um, Iraq was because all the contractors were using Amway <laughs> products. <laughs> Costs like three times more than anything else. Yeah. Right. And they're like, look, just get three more people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. James Dobson's also fun. Uh, a side note, if you like serial killer lore, he, oh, yeah. uh, he gave the last interview to Ted Bundy. Right. Really? Uh, yeah. And um, he was a Ted Bundy apologist because Bundy uh, flipped the script and changed the story right at the end. And this interview's on YouTube, but he blames murdering uh 30 plus young women on pornography as a child i mean yeah that sounds ridiculous but that's why i did it i don't know what's but the rise in pornography (laughs) and the rise in mass shootings doesn't seem like a coincidence to me i think you might be the next family research council (laughs) spokesperson Maybe maybe Ted Bundy did it because the pornography was too tame back then, <laughs> and as it got more hardcore, we actually have less serial killings. Yeah, yeah. thanks to furry porn. <laughs> He's like, if I had that back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> you kids don't know how much killing you'd be doing without this porn. Yeah, that would have been the, the release valve I needed. <laughs> They're just operationalizing the non-aggression principle, right? Right. That, that Prince would go on to learn about. Yeah, yeah. Dobson's like trying to lead Bundy. Like Bundy's like, the, the, yeah, the problem was porn. Like it wasn't hardcore enough. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I, Dobson was a big mentor for uh, a young Eric Prince. That's all. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess uh, Elsa Prince was the mother as well, and she's been a, a big proponent of the anti-gay marriage campaign, which was ultimately unsuccessful. The original anti Hated Will and Grace. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, um, as we mentioned, with Eric Prince's early life, he travels around a lot. He eventually, he goes to the Naval Academy, but he either drops out or transfers. There's conflicting reports of this. Uh, and he goes to Hillside College instead, and he gets a BA in economics from Hillside College. Uh, Hill- Hillside is known as one of the most conservative liberal arts colleges in the country. <laughs> it's extremely libertarian in its Where's take. Hillside? I think it's in Michigan, but okay, it's it's so conservative they don't do puff puff pass. They just smoke the whole thing. <laughs> <and get rid laughs> of it. They're like no if you, passing. If you were strong enough, you'd take it. <laughs> <laughs> Also, why would you ask where Hillside is? It's right in the name. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it Hillsdale? Hillside, Hillsdale. Uh, Oh, Hillsdale. Boom. Oh, Oh, he was also, he was a voluntary firefighter while he was at this college. Right. So. So is Steve Buscemi. No one needs to know that, but now you do. Hmm. Heroes, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're fighting some fight. (laughs) Um, but so uh, uh, at, after college in 1992, he gets this BA in economics. Then he briefly goes um, and he interns, or I, this might have been while he was still. This is probably while he was still in college. Excuse me. He interns for George H. W. Bush in 1992, but mm-hmm. uh, or 
uh, in the ni- in the early 90s. But by 92, he is disillusioned with George H.W. Bush and, in fact, supports Pat Buchanan's primary run against George H.W. Bush, which was, of course, based entirely around the idea that George H.W. Bush was not tough enough against abortion, gays, all these kinds of fundamentalist Christian mm-hmm. issues. So this was kind of uh, Eric Prince's early political genesis when he's around in his early 20s. Pat Buchanan, big fan of race wars. Between- <laughs> 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 Love the Southern strategy. Uh, made his bones during the Nixon administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a so. speechwriter for Nixon. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, just a villain. Looking, <laughs> and he's 22 when he's doing this, and he's like, George W. Bush, I mean, you know, he didn't drain the swamp. He's, he's way too way too uh, soft on these homosexuals. <laughs> Is there someone who's a little bit more like Skeletor that I can follow? Right, right. Um, but yeah, so uh, in 92, he has... Um, uh, in 92, after he graduates, what he does is he enrolls in uh, officer candidate school for the U.S. Navy. And it's from officer candidate school he goes on to become a Navy SEAL. And, of course, you know, Navy SEALs go through this uh, famously difficult uh, training regimen with, you know, the Hell Week and stuff. And apparently, like, even today, Eric Prince does these kinds of, like, uh, uh, challenges for himself. Well, he'll go on, like, I don't know, 600-mile bike rides or that kind of bullshit. You know, he's he's very focused on that kind of, like, I mean, Calvinist uh, self-discipline and self-punishment almost, you know, Hmm. training, that kind of thing. That makes sense. He just likes tough mutters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Spiritual Uh, tough mutters. Right. And so he's a Navy SEAL uh, from 92 to 95. During that time, he apparently deploys in uh, Haiti, the Middle East, and the Balkans um, and, you know, participates in operations there. Uh, I would assume he does what the Navy SEALs do, which is redact it. Yeah, I've but... seen the movie with Charlie Sheen in it. <laughs> Hot Shards Part 2. <laughs> um, but so in 95, his father, Edgar Prince, dies. And Edgar Prince, uh, he, he has a heart attack in the elevator of his billion-dollar company. And uh, God calls him. <laughs> It'd be great if he got up there and it's just like, uh, Rock Hudson at the <laughs> Pearly Gates. <laughs> um, but um, I just imagine him on the floor of that elevator, looking at the mirror on the side of the elevator, and then looking at the lights at the top of the elevator <laughs> and thinking <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so uh, Edgar Prince dies in uh, 95. Uh, Eric Prince is about 26 years old at this time, and uh, he leaves the Navy SEALs to uh, go back. Uh, manage his father's estate. They eventually sell the Prince Corp for about $1.3 billion, uh, which is split between his mother, his uh, siblings, and himself. Uh, and uh, and then after this point, he founds Blackwater, basically. Is Betsy older or younger than him? Older. Mm. She's about, eight, I think, eight years older. So right. Mm. Oh, she's eight years old. Yeah. She's 34 when their dad dies, and she gets, what, a billion as well? Yeah, and well, I don't know, but she married uh, Dick uh, DeVos, DeVos yeah. who the was, Amway guy. Yeah. He already was a billionaire. Loaded, so yeah. right now, you've got like the two most wealthy people in Michigan, and they're both and they're super right wing. Right, right, right. Bonin, just <laughs> 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 Calvinist. Yeah, smash just town. going hard. Yeah. yeah. Eating butt and getting it done. <laughs> yeah, just grim faces the whole yeah, time, right. though. Yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> hey, no, no, just like just like conning. Like, no expression. Yeah. Just like the, hey, baby, you ever do five billion dollars worth of fucking? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so uh, 
Eric Prince, uh, 95, he walks away with this uh, inheritance from the sale of his father's company. And so what he does is um, he uses a piece of this inheritance to found Blackwater. He buys about 6,000... In, in 1997, he buys about 6,000 acres in uh, North Carolina to train people. This is originally... And it, it was also the... Um, he didn't actually come up with the idea himself. It was one of his former mentors, mm. uh, a guy by the name of Al Clark, mm. who... Um, Apparently spent 11 years as one of the, um, uh, he was one of the top firearms trainers for the Navy SEALs, and he kind of sketched out what Blackwater would be. Um, he did, like, the location plans and, like, all the details for creating Blackwater hmm. as it originally was, which was going to be a, a special forces training company. Hmm. So he's like essentially building a training course to privatize for his own wing, or well, it wasn't. It wasn't originally set out to be a mercenary force. It was set out to just be training for like, uh, you know, elite um, military units. So I guess right, we right. privatize yeah. some of the training, but it wasn't gotcha. initially well, going to be. Would security. it be open to like chill bros like me? Like if I wanted to go, and just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think it would. But like that's kind of the best way to build an army. Training. You know what I mean? Like. It's like yeah. uh, if you ever had like a Sears driving school and they had <laughs> Swerve. Like Swerve, pay more money, but you get yeah. more experience. But it's like, but who's making more money from Swerve? You know or you I mean? know those like chill, like defensive driving schools yes. you can go to yes. where you yes. just like learn how to do like a three sixty yeah. spin, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Tokyo you, float, <laughs> do donuts in a parking <laughs> yeah. lot. And like, yeah, you're good enough. They've yeah. got like tw- a list of twenty like YouTube clips from James Bond. Pick <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, your favorite. <laughs> so actually, yeah. Uh, Al Clark left Blackwater because it increasingly became like just kind of a playground for Eric Prince and his rich buddies to play army. Yeah, it became a rich fight club. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. And like, uh, we haven't gotten into this yet, but Eric Prince is, you know, a billionaire Navy SEAL who I think essentially on some level is maybe addicted to combat. You know, where it's like you have that adrenaline high mm-hmm. of being in a fucking war zone operating and then you're like perpetually trying to like seek that out where it's like we'll kind of get to his uh, post Blackwater career uh, later. But he's just that is it's almost seems like more than the money. He just wants to be a fucking soldier. You know, I blame the video game industry for <laughs> <laughs> not not uh, developing. Right fast enough to get this dude mm-hmm. if he had call mm-hmm. of duty when he was yeah. 5, 10 15 <laughs> he wouldn't have become like an ultra no. right-wing christian globe trotting meg- this is as much on the on the doorstep of ea games yeah. <laughs> as, you know. i think someone should have introduced him to vor at a young age and that at least nazi zombies i feel like that yeah. would have taken care of you know 30 percent of the rage eric prince is a story of the failings of the vr video game industry <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he founds uh, Blackwater in 97. He buys up these 6,000 acres in North Carolina. Originally, they're training special forces, but after Columbine, they start training a lot of um, uh, uh, police and SWAT teams, and they actually set up a, a, a dummy high school called, like, Are You Ready or something? <laughs> and that is like... The R backwards, like yeah. Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was also wiped out by private equity. <laughs> His private equity firm would wipe it <laughs> out. Mistakenly later. bought by private. Equity. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, now, actually, under DeVos, it functions uh, partially as a uh, training center and uh, partially as a charter school. Right. right. For, uh, 
privileged students. Yeah. yeah, they're like, look, you get free, you get a free <laughs> charter school education. We paid for all the vouchers and everything. The Chow Hall is fantastic, <laughs> but at any moment <laughs> there might be a simulated terrorist attack. There are live rounds, but the instructors are very well trained. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, sign these NDAs and uh, these non-arbitration agreements. Like, I mean, the like guns in school program that DeVos has been talking about almost works with the Black Watch. I mean, now not Black Watch plan. Like, oh, if Black, that, Black sorry, yeah, if that uh, if that contract happened, it'd go directly to through Prince probably. Guns in schools? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, mercenaries I mean, like, in yeah, schools. Like, yeah, this is would, like no. supply them. Look, it's like a Teach for America program, but it's Mercs for America. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the pitch would be like free education or some bullshit like that. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like, no, no, we're giving schools to kids who don't have schools. Also, it is genuinely where terrorism is. I mean, we just happen to have troops nearby. I mean, it's not about the school's fault. I, I just like the hypocrisy of, like, Betsy DeVos says we should, teachers should be paid poorly, but they should also be armed. You're Right, right, right. Right. Nothing like a disgruntled person that's living in the margins with a weapon. Yeah. Hey, we can't give you a raise, but we are going to give you a You just described the United States of America. <laughs> Eventually, all the teachers have like wraparound Oakleys and like a blue t shirt and a backwards baseball cap. That was most of my teachers today. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, after Columbine, they're originally like training these SWAT teams and stuff to respond to school shootings. Then the USS Cole happens, the bombing. Uh, they start doing more anti-terrorism, but then it's like 9-11 is when Blackwater explodes just in terms of revenue and everything else. Um, Which year? Uh, <laughs> 2001. Um, and and um, uh, Jeremy Scahill, the journalist for There's The Intercept. to the 9-11 in the 70s, too, that we'll get into. <laughs> uh, uh, Jeremy Scahill, the journalist who's written a lot about Eric Prince, has talked about how Eric Prince just after 9-11 went on like Bill O'Reilly and talked about uh, you know, before 9-11, nobody really understood what I was doing out uh, with Blackwater, but now my phone is ringing off the hook. And we've also just kind of talked a little bit about his con- his connection to conservative Republican politics. So I'm sure it didn't help or didn't hurt his business that his family was such a bankroller of all these different conservative politicians and conservative movements. And then suddenly you have a conservative government in George W. Bush, and he has all these connections uh, with the CIA, among other outfits. So it's like... It is just like what happens when you influence pedal with government and then you set up a shop and then suddenly uh, your services are hugely in demand and you are a favored contractor. Yeah, connections are rarely bad for business. Mm-hmm. That really seems to pan out most times. Also, at this point, he's been married to his first wife for 10 years. They got married in right. 91. And uh, around this time, she is uh, diagnosed with cancer, uh, right. which two years later, he she will die. But not after he has had sex with a nanny and she found out. Ooh. Yeah. They call it family values. At least they didn't get divorced, which is a sin <laughs> Thank to you. the Lord. Yes, yes. Uh, maybe they got divorced. Yeah, it was his first wife passed away of breast cancer in 2003. After which he had, uh, before which he had impregnated the nanny, <laughs> who whom he then married afterwards. Mm-hmm. So. Well, he made, well, at least he made an honest woman. Yeah, out exactly. Of her. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so. And at least post- you mean at most. I mean, this is all <laughs> that's required. I mean, she married into a billionaire family. Yeah, that's I, a win. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Those kids are going to be taken care of regardless. That's all that needs to be taken care of. He takes the nanny aside and he's like, look, you can't get an abortion. But at 18 years old, I can have a team. Take this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get too close for it for the next two decades. <laughs> I got good news for you and bad news. You're- <laughs> You're, boy, you're going on a mission, <laughs> and you're probably not coming back. Uh, um, 
but so Blackwater is a huge beneficiary of the post 9-11 boom in private contracting. And, and pr- then America decides to go again to take the fight to the mastermind of 9-11, <laughs> Saddam Hussein. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dude, yeah uh, the Bathists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always been the biggest problem for the United States. Oh, un- <laughs> and uh no question the united states introduces a man who um ha- it has the prestigious title of uh the biggest fuck up of the iraq war uh paul bremer hell yeah he uh <laughs> he he his the first thing he does is basically he privatizes everything in iraq uh their national um they're the they had a national oil company they basically sell it to anyone who's buying mm-hmm. um then they also uh the iraqi army uh was basically after they'd been defeated they're like okay well we're kind of waiting now for uh commands from the americans and he was like uh no you're all out of a job and so we put the army like he unemployed the iraqi army in all like, these trained military men yeah with their weapons yeah right, right. so they all had their weapons and oddly right after that the insurgency started up uh <laughs> i do love like uh this, this is a slight digression but i do think about this sometime where it's like the british empire you know say what you will about them morally but they had a pretty I say some things about that <laughs> they had a pretty clear strategy for colonialism that they managed to prop up for several hundred years which is go in and then prop up regional stakeholders who submit themselves to you and use uh local security forces and these kinds of things right. and i do just love that paul bremer went in and is like now nah, fuck all of that <laughs> no we're not keeping this thing going a hundred years we're going two <laughs> at most he's like it's like in the wire when the baltimore pd didn't want to solve the case so they just put like the most incompetent guy in charge <laughs> yeah that's if you want a perpetual war just put a dummy in at the top they also uh they did debathification basically unemploying everyone who uh was a member of the bath party do mm-hmm. best move ever yeah <laughs> so they basically like brought employment down to like 25 percent or something like horrible, and apparently uh, at the end of Bremer's tenure, some nine billion of uh, Iraqi reconstruction funds oh, were unaccounted for. Yeah, yeah, completely gone. Really, nine billion? Nine billion. Wow, um, what a pretty penny! It's so fucked up, so corrupt. He got so many people killed, and he's faced no consequences, none whatsoever. Ex- except he still for says he did the right thing. Sometimes people on frontline interviews were a little mean to him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is the extent Monsters. of the. <laughs> The punishment Paul Bremer has faced. And there's this uh, line from the New York Times about how uh, that's that's in the Blackwater book that says shortly after Bremer took over in Baghdad, economist Jeff Madrick wrote in the New York Times, by almost any mainstream economist standard, the plan already approved by uh, L. Paul Bremer III, the American in charge of the coalition provisional authority is extreme. In fact, stunning. It would immediately make Iraq's economy one of the most open to trade and capital flows in the world and put it among the lowest tax... In the world, rich or poor, the Iraqi planners, apparently including the Bush administration, seem to assume that they can simply wipe the slate clean. Uh, Maverick stated boldly that Bremer's plan would allow for a handful of foreign banks to take over the domestic banking system. (laughs) And so then one other thing he did is instead of uh, getting, uh, you know, like a standard government security force, he decided to hire a private force. 
uh, which Eric Prince was happy to provide. Right. And so the Iraq war in particular was a, a bonanza of private contractors to the point where at various points in Afghanistan and Iraq, there were more of private contractors on the ground than actual U.S. military personnel. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we, we won't really have time, but KKR and Halliburton are the other two that are, that are talked about a lot. And just like we, we mentioned, the $9 billion unaccounted for, all of these private corpora, uh, corps were ripping off the U.S. government to the tunes of billions of dollars. And um, uh, it, Gabe, you were talking about the inspector general, I guess, who yeah. was supposed to look at this, was connected to Blackwater. So uh, <laughs> Joseph Schmitz uh, from Washington, D.C., his father was John Schmitz, who ran. Uh, he was so right wing that he was kicked out of the John Birch Society. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, the jo- Eisenhower was a communist society. <laughs> yeah, uh, John Birch. Uh, it, well, so John Schmitz, this guy, he's a, a white nationalist, um, if not in name and rea- in practice. They're like, you can say New World Order, but uh, when you say Jews out loud, it kind of weirds people out. <laughs> so I met John Schmitz as a as a child, and uh, he in he i was listening to rage against the machine in the car with him and he uh, and he said you you think this is uh this is revolutionary you should listen to screwdriver that's revolutionary are you fucking kidding me i swear to god this 60 year old man 60 year old white man looked down at me and told me i should listen to screwdriver wow. i was like 14 at the time wow. just straight up literal neo nazi music right yes so uh, google them if you don't know who those lunatics are that's uh, him. Safe for work. <laughs> uh, John Schmitz. The, I also met him on Martin Luther King Day, and he uh, turned to me and said, "Martin Luther King was a communist." Oh Remember, which is just code for I'm racist. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's him. His daughter was Mary Kay Letourneau, oh. who you may know for sleeping with her 13 year old uh, student and getting pregnant uh, by him. Uh, so Joseph Schmitz is his son. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to play some, some screwdriver for us? If you play screwdriver, you are really going to fuck up our suggested podcast on the algorithm. I know. We're either going to get way too many fans or no fans at all. All right, let's stop this. Okay. So uh, I got to say good percussion and bass. So I'm, I met Joseph Schmitz, and uh, he, he had a van, and uh, the license on the van said Pro Vita. Uh, because he was ultra um, into uh, pro-life stuff, hmm. but uh, during the oh, Iraqi PS Vita thing, <laughs> <laughs> he, he loved it. He loved it. Portable gaming. He uh, he is a very very religious Catholic man who ended up being the um, Inspector General at the Pentagon during the Iraq War, and his uh, underlings stopped reporting to him when they found corruption uh-huh. because right. he was willfully turning a blind eye oh, and really? ignoring <laughs> all the graft that was coming about because of Blackwater just like basically siphoning money off of the U- U.S. government. And um, after uh, re- he resigned right before he could be prosecuted and now he is a member of the Prince Group. Yes. Sure. He went on to work yeah, with so. uh, Eric Prince's companies after yeah. helping Blackwater, among others, just steal billions of dollars from the U.S. government. But to just give you character, uh, like a character sketch for the type of person that affiliates himself with Eric Prince right. is like just uh, an ultra right-wing Catholic who whose family has a history of being on the wrong side of things. Right, right. To say the least. Yeah, that's uh, that's horrible. All right, so can I mean, maybe he just likes Screwdriver's punk attitude. <laughs> you know what? He's just into free speech. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. 
Things he's like, <laughs> he's like he de- telling you later, like, oh no, I actually I can't hear the lyrics. I just I really like the drums and the instruments. And then also he's like, yeah, but you can say the N word when you're singing along to Screwdriver. Can I tell you too? Before I left, he said, uh, John Schmidt said, oh, you're a fan of history, Gabe. How about I give you this book I wrote the forward to, and the book was called None Dare Call It Conspiracy, which uh, you all can Google. But it's basically a book that states the thesis is that in an international cabal of Jewish financiers oh, no. has, uh, <laughs> is responsible for the uh, Russian Revolution, uh-huh, uh-huh. the New Deal, uh, okay. World right. War One, World War Two, and the Holocaust. So my, my <laughs> assertion that he was kicked out of the John Birch Society for saying Jews instead of New World Order was actually probably true. <laughs> well, did you finish the book? I mean, what did you think? I did. <laughs> I did. And I, sound, I sounded like a little precocious Alex P. Keaton slash yeah. Alex Jones for about four days. <laughs> you like history, Gabe. Well, I did this new, this new translation of this book about the protocols of the elders of Zion. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like a gaming manual. <laughs> Oh, it's a game, all right. <laughs> yeah. You can win it if you play your cards right. Yeah, are we are we are we doing some RPGs after this? <laughs> um, but so I want to continue with uh, the the story of Blackwater in Iraq uh, and uh, the what happens there is uh, Blackwater goes in as long as well as these other companies. They're providing uh, security services for Paul Bremer for the State Department personnel, among others. But they kind of they're under the radar in two, t- until two thousand four, which is the famous uh, ambush. And uh, murder of four Blackwater contractors in Fallujah. Though apparently uh, their uh, their stock shot up as soon as they were protecting Bremer. Apparently the cost of a contractor went from like three hundred a day to six hundred a day, like so, immediately. So they made. But the thing is, is it's kind of like you put uh, a stocking horse out or some sort of target for mm-hmm. everyone to hate. And Bremer by firing all of the public school teachers in Iraq <laughs> and all of their army became the most hated man in the country. Mm-hmm. And now. <laughs> They are their now their job is to protect him, right? Yeah, so, yeah, right. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is like we, uh, we'll talk about this a little later. But incentives, like a private mercenary group, their incentive is to increase war because that's how they make their money. So it's like you want to put Blackwater. Uh, other people have made this point, but you want to put Blackwater in charge of Afghanistan. It will go on forever right. because they have a ten billion a year contract, and as soon as the war ends, the contract ends. They're essentially the world star of war, basically, is what you're trying to say. But it's, it's like here, put this bulletproof vest on, uh, made <laughs> entirely out of hornets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was that they make crazy videos. I mean that too, yeah. which they do. Yeah, they filmed right. a, uh, one of their like massacres. <laughs> Just yes. one? Crazy <laughs> well, yeah. ac- according to, and we'll get to this in a second, according to two anonymous uh, former Blackwater employees, they filmed almost all of their operations, but they would uh, check the tapes after, and in incidents where they just murdered civilians, they would do what is called hot washing, which is just deleting the tapes and destroying them. I like so, that there's a special term for corruption. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, deleting the tapes, <laughs> hot washing? Yeah, 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 let's call it that. Dude, check out our extreme GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, videos extracting people. Right, and, right. GoPro oh. videos are rarely the insurgency. <laughs> it's always people on mountains doing cool tricks. But let's be honest, there's a lot of GoPro footage that's just murders. Hell yeah, we're going into an intersection. <laughs> <laughs> they destroy all the copies except for Eric Prince's private one that he masturbates to. Extreme. Uh, he's just got one of those like projector rooms like Hitler and Man in the High Castle uh, where he just watches the... <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, but his wasn't 4K. I mean, this is some <laughs> high-grade stuff here. But so the murder of the four Blackwater contractors in 2004 in Fallujah, uh, uh, most people are familiar with the images of the burnt bodies being dragged through the streets and these kinds of things. And uh, it's it's tragic because these people were killed entirely because of Blackwater greed and incompetence. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, essentially the story, uh, according to... Uh, they were the uh, they were basically recruited, told, you're going to be protecting Bremer and they're like you know they're these former special forces guys who had fallen on hard times Mm -hmm. and so they're like oh cool I can make some money Uh, I get to protect you know this high profile guy and you know I don't have to be there that long and if I feel kind of weird I can just leave unlike the military right right uh it was a pretty good deal it's like the Lyft and Uber of driving a cab yeah, yeah. The it's flexible hours. I can get out whenever hours. I need to. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm killing Turn people. Turn up to 60,000. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but so the story of what happened on that day is uh, basically there were two squads. Um, uh, and general... By squad, you mean two people. Right. There were, well, there two, were... two pairs of people. Yes. Yeah. I'm uh, a two-man squad. <laughs> yeah, so that's essentially what happened is, uh, according to uh, memos written at the time, is that uh, a guy named Tom Powell was the Blackwater site manager. And he sent these groups out uh, two men short each so that he could keep two men at the base to just do bullshit. And the... Also, instead of Brimmer they were protecting, they were going to pitch, pick up kitchen equipment. Right. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And yeah, so... it was part of the, the whole Amcor. They needed yeah, a Vitamix yeah, or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so why that's relevant... Kind of magic bullet? What are they, what are they doing? <laughs> Why that's relevant is because you'd have these two... These were SUVs. That's the other thing. They were driving around in SUVs instead of armored vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had two people in each vehicle, which was a driver and one person in the passenger seat. But the reason you usually do three is that so you can have one person watching the rear. So these people, in the case of it was November 1 squad, it was Bravo 2 and November 1, uh, they were ambushed from behind and murdered, of course, uh, because... They were deployed, again, with no armored vehicles, uh, no uh, rear gunner, and no maps. They had no maps, and they were sent straight through Fallujah, which was the most dangerous part. And Bravo 2 Squad essentially came up to Fallujah and then decided, no, fuck that, we're not going through Fallujah. Whereas November 1 Squad went through Fallujah, and the four of them got killed, and their bodies were dragged through the street. Also, apparently, uh, when when the first car got shot up, the second one kind of slammed on the gas to try to get uh, away from the car. Mm -hmm. But they also have, apparently... Uh, Blackwater trains its men not to aid uh, the other when uh, one vehicle is hit in an ambush. They're taught to just get out of there. And oh, really? uh, like, I no. call this the airlock philosophy. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like Battlestar, man. If right. Like, yo, <laughs> the hall's been breached. <laughs> Close you that go, door. Go. <laughs> <laughs> just get sucked off into space, bro. This is the leave everyone behind strategy. Yeah. Uh, and also in Fallujah, they thought they didn't know they were contractors. They thought they were CIA because you know they had like dark shirts and the wraparound right, right, right. sunglasses and stuff. And they had and shirts black that said CIA. We are from <laughs> yeah. the CIA. Um, yeah. Well, this is an issue for OSHA. I mean, yeah. they're really well. It's like a wor- it's a workers' issue as much as anything else too. Like yeah, they just sure, weren't. Yeah. They were given a false. They they uh, took the contract under false premises that they were going to be taken care of and that the, the Blackwater Blackwater was going to follow the protocols. And who would right. have known that that would happen with war? I mean, like, yeah. that's where <laughs> protocols always followed. You know, right? Well, it's just like back to the profit motive. It's like, of course, you're going to fucking cut costs on having less people and uh, you know. Uh, not y- using SUVs instead of armored fucking vehicles mm-hmm. and all these kinds of little cost-cutting things that get people killed. Um, well, but, was Eric still a billionaire? Because that's what's most important. You know, I, <laughs> people's lives being lost is one thing. But but, Eric... but so it's it's so fascinating and so frustrating to me because at this point, 
the murder of these four uh, contractors, even though it was entirely because of Blackwater incompetence, is good for business. Like, um, Andy, you have the drop, I think, of yeah. essentially in the 48 hours after these contractors were murdered, uh, Blackwater goes into overdrive as far as lobbying goes. And actually, the ends Blackwater up strategy worked very, very well. They went to Washington, they stopped any investigation from taking place, and at the end of the day, as a result of their action, they were able to protect their business. Right, and that's from a documentary about private contracting in Iraq. I'll they link went to out it in the Tumblr. They retained former high-ranking uh, government officials, Kofor Black, who was a high-ranking official at the Central Intelligence Agency, Joseph Schmidt, who was the Inspector General at the Pentagon, oh. and then... Screwdriver fan. <laughs> <laughs> his his dad was a screwdriver fan. <laughs> um, but so uh, uh, yeah, so essentially, Blackwater ends up with like several hundred million dollars in additional contracts after this because you know this is when the the U.S. military goes into overdrive against the insurgency, and of course, it results in two different sieges of Fallujah, which were you know massive human rights violations, but. Uh, Several thousand civilians were killed. Yeah, but but the point is essentially uh, um, the the families of these four contractors sue, uh, sued Blackwater, and uh, uh, it's it's a horrifying story because essentially Blackwater had made these contractors sign arbitration clauses, which uh, uh, for those not familiar, essentially say you can't sue in regular court; you have to be forced into arbitration. Um, they uh, Blackwater countersues the families, saying that we have to force these claims in arbitration. A judge agrees. The claims are forced in arbitration. So a lot of the material presented is all kept secret and this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And uh, ultimately, the families have to settle with Blackwater because they run out of money. Uh, and so it's tragic what happened. Yeah, Blackwater got like, they just kept hiring like elite law firm after elite law firm. Apparently, they fought to get the case dismissed on the grounds that because Blackwater was servicing the U.S. military operations, it cannot be sued for workers' deaths or injuries, and that all liability, liability lies with the government. They also tried to make the argument that be, uh, if Blackwater is held liable, it would jeopardize uh, the ability of the United States to carry out its mission in Iraq, which is uh, very telling. Uh, they've become too big to fail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And they also, um, I like how they, they're like, "You can't sue us. You got to sue like, the government." Sorry, like what? <laughs> and then in in January two thousand eight, uh, the uh, they sued one of their former um, uh, law firms, saying that they like poorly mis misrepresented <laughs> misrepresented them. them. Yeah. yeah, we should have lost that case that we were guilty for. <laughs> Well, they also did this thing. I didn't know if you were going to bring it up, but they would hire um, uh, these soldiers and they, they'd have them sign contracts for like $4,000 a month or mm -hmm. a week, which sounded great. That's why they signed up. And then they flew to Iraq. And uh, like right before the plane take, would take off, they would hand them new contracts that in the fine print said, you're only going to make 1000 Wow. You know, so then they'd, they'd sign it. Cause <laughs> Fucking like, snakes. And then they'd land in the war zone. And be like, wait a minute. So I'm only making a thousand. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? And it's like, well, I wanna. I don't want to be here. <laughs> right, like, right. Well, you can pay for your own ticket out of Iraq if you can find a like a a civilian flight to charter. You're like desperately calling Priceline.com. <laughs> You're like orbits. <laughs> not really seeing results for Baghdad Airport here. Yeah, um, but the, the suing the law firm thing sounds like a car is getting towed by a tow truck, and then you tow the tow truck as well because it's also in a no park zone at that point. Like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, then 
but yeah, so just for the end of the law, uh, lawsuit story, and uh, among others, they hired Ken Starr, the fam- Blackwater did, the famous uh, Bill Clinton uh, uh, prosecutor, um, to defend them. And, and so uh, the, the mother of one of the contractors killed, this is from Associated Press, said uh, the families couldn't afford the litigation costs anymore and feared their case was finished. They eventually settled for uh, Blackwater paid attorney's fees and a small... Um, death benefit to the families and then all of this stuff is under seal but i did just want to um uh do a quote from one of the brothers of the one of the murdered contractors he says quote you just feel the injustice of this long enough and see that these people are just so evil all you can do is pray to god that he'll take care of it because that's all you've got left so that's the sad ending of the blackwater um <laughs> getting four people killed because of their greed and incompetence Turns out God's on Air Prince's payroll. Too. <laughs> um, but so I guess we can move on from that to just how Blackwater behaved in Iraq because their reputation was fine until 2007, which was the Nisor Square. I might have pronounced that wrong, but the massacre in 2007 where Blackwater. Well, even even before that, there was um, I mean, that was the big one. But there were also incidents uh, like in 2004, there were people who were uh, in oh, what's the place called? Just a second. Iraq. In Iraq. (laughs) There were uh, people protesting uh, outside of, I think it was uh, just a a U.S. building in uh, Najaf, Iraq. And uh, it was just like a massive crowd of, you know, hundreds to thousands of people. And apparently um, Blackwater people fired percussion rounds to kind of scare the protesters away. But that pissed them off, understandably. And so then they just started firing rounds on the people protesting. And then people who were protesting, like some people uh, got weapons and started firing back. How dare they? (laughs) And so they didn't like drums. (laughs) Yeah. And and so they started uh, just like unleashing on them. And there were like a couple of Marines there. And apparently the Marines were taking orders from the Blackwater guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone took a video of it while they were doing it. And one of the Blackwater guys just like said the N word apropos of nothing after he like killed a guy. Uh, And basically uh, people who. That's his catchphrase. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, you you haven't met Hard R Reggie before? <laughs> that's just his catchphrase. The, the Hard R's not in the name Reggie? Oh, no, trust us. That's, that's the least hard of his arts. I like the idea of human resources taking us on. Like, when you're killing civilians, you can't be using that word. <laughs> yeah. he, um, We'd prefer more of like a yes queen. <laughs> 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 they rebranded as woke water. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. They said at the end of it, there were hundreds of, uh, or at least one person observed there were probably hundreds of bodies, but that was later um, lowered to like a uh, few dozen. And apparently also the... This is the uh, Puerto Rico Hurricane Maria right, Yeah, yeah. Right, right. They use the same math. There. Yeah. yeah. And apparently one of the guys who was there like was on a, uh, a mercenary message board. And he said that, like, listen, man, we were in the midst of fire. And, like, that guy who said the N-word, like, he was not a racist. Uh, when that video got out, he started crying because he does not like being associated with that. Well, that's good to know. I mean, he uses the N-word, but he's not a racist. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. He was like, I was quoting a screwdriver song. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just my workout music. Yeah. <laughs> I just really uh, love this riff Michael Richards did. <laughs> uh, Anytime I murder, I yeah. look it up. So 
the 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 story of Blackwater in Iraq is pretty horrifying, and it, we'll just kind of go through some of the incidents here. But there's a lawsuit. Uh, filed in Virginia, later settled by Susan L. Burke, was a human rights attorney, and she was representing survivors of one of the Iraqis killed uh, during essentially a Blackwater uh, mass murder operation. It, it's, it's alleged that uh, Blackwater men, some of them in the group known as Select, which is the most elite Blackwater unit, were doing what was called, quote, night hunting, which is basically where Blackwater, uh, uh, these people went out on Blackwater helicopters with night vision goggles and then just shot and killed any uh, scores of innocent people under the assumption that anybody who was out after curfew must be a combatant, you know? And so they were just doing these kind of, you know, indiscriminate killings of civilians Oh, genocide. Yeah. And and this kind of goes into um, a a lawsuit that was filed. Uh, It was thrown out by a Reagan-appointed judge in 2010. But two two Blackwater employees testified... It wasn't done by government. It was not the problem. (laughs) Uh, Two Blackwater employees, John Doe 1, John Doe 2, they testified under penalty of perjury, and Jeremy Scahill has written about this in The Nation, that essentially, just to quote from uh, one of these John Doe's, uh, Mr. Eric Prince intentionally, uh, he views himself as a, crusa- as a Christian crusader tasked with eliminating Muslims and the Islamic faith from the globe. To that end, he intentionally deployed to Iraq certain men who shared his vision of Christian supremacy. Wow. Can I jump on that real quick? Sure. Okay, so uh, Joseph Schmidt mm-hmm. and possibly Eric Prince are members of the Knights of Malta, Mm -hmm. which is a lay Catholic organization that was founded by crusaders coming back (laughs) in the 11th century. And their whole thing was to protect... And you can look up the Knights of Malta. What's the sign of feeling? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's great. They've got their own passports, their own IDs. (laughs) It's really nice. It's good stuff. But they are their whole thing is uh, a holy war in protecting Christendom from... Um, the Muslim hordes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of like the Crusades. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah. No, it's still there, and he's he's down with that, and that's the for, the brand of Christ, of Catholicism that he's into. The second point I wanted to make very quickly is Chuck Colson was one of his mentors. Mm-hmm. Chuck Colson was a uh, an aide to Richard Nixon. He went to jail, became a born again Christian in jail. Uh, oh. it, it loves faith based prisons, and he would get money from Eric Prince for these things. Uh, and the whole point of faith-based prisons was to indoctrinate prisoners in the evangelical faith wow. to combat Islamic radicalism yeah, yeah. <laughs> in prison. So he definitely it, like hates uh, Muslims or sees yeah. that he's in war with them. Right, right. And so I think that's hate. I think yes, that's, yeah. I think you're okay to there know is, that's hate. Yes, he's yeah. a Christian. He loves I, his listen, enemies. I love falafel, but we do need to be war at these people. Like, I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah, That's, uh, militant hate. Yeah, yes, militant hate. <laughs> Made by hate. God-fearing Christians. <laughs> right, right, right. And that... yet, the John Doe also alleges that these kind of Christian supremacist soldiers, including Eric Prince, used call signs based on the Knights of the Templar, of course, the warriors who fought in the Crusades. So it, it makes sense that if he has this Christian supremacist vision that they have this program to go out and just murder innocent Iraqis because they think they're fighting a holy war. Um, yeah, I mean the the money is just a sweet byproduct of following <laughs> your pa- following your passion. You know? <laughs> I mean, the sad truth is, though, is they it must be historically written that the Crusades were profitable, and they're like, hey, look, we're just doing what we we do. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what's expensive? All these children we have around. <laughs> 
what if we could somehow add children to crusade? I like your head. Go with this. Mm. <laughs> These unemployed children. And there's this Muslim country trying to exist peacefully. Listen, you know how much Sunday school costs? Let's cut these costs down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> public schooling is just too much of a problem. Listen, my sister's handling the schools, and it's a mess. But you know what's not a mess? War. <laughs> and, yeah, like, and the other allegations of, from John Doe 1 and 2 are horrifying. Like, um, Oh, the brothers? To, yes. Just to start, uh, multiple people have alleged, uh, of course, under oath, that— uh, They're the billionaires from the tractor company. That, gotcha, gotcha. that Eric Prince was smuggling illegal weapons and doing illegal arms sales in Iraq and smuggling these guns in on his private planes and hidden in, Prince do- jet. in dog food <laughs> bags. And these are like, you know, silenced weapons and all sorts of other shit that he's just selling for, for well, profit. dog food bags? Yeah, I guess, like, they're bringing dog food into fucking Iraq. They uh, got no dogs in Iraq. What are they doing? Look, white people care more about dogs. Okay, it's true. Brown. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot. Look, all of these dead Iraqi civilians—they had pets, <laughs> and now those pets don't have anybody taking care of them. There's gonna be that. Uh, who's that chick singer that has them dog commercials? <laughs> uh, Lena McLaughlin. No, <laughs> McLaughlin. What's her name? They, uh, they knew. They knew if anybody like stopped their weapons planes, they could be like, "Look, there are some white Sarah people McLaughlin. with dogs who need this food." Right. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna do Sarah McLaughlin commercials, and it's gonna be like, "You see this dog? His owner was killed <laughs> yeah. by Eric Prince for just a dollar a day. You can make it so that more dogs would have white owners <laughs> instead of Islamic owners." This dog was abandoned. <laughs> I mean, like that's the red flag because, like, um, I don't know how true it is anymore, but um, brown countries usually don't have they don't have dog food in amounts where you can hide guns in them. You know what I mean? Like, if they've got right. food for animals, it's the scraps from what they've made. Not to insult, it's uh, whatever's cultures. left over from the halal right. card at the end yes. of the evening. <laughs> right. Sure, yes. <laughs> It's very insulting, but... Uh, These dogs <laughs> eat better than plenty of New Yorkers. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Right, and so uh, in addition to illegal arms smuggling, it's alleged he was um, uh, repeatedly... Um, the, we, we mentioned the hot wash thing, but I do just want to quote John Doe 1 here. It's uh, all of these incidents of excessive force, which were essentially just Blackwater people... Uh, Doing their jobs. <laughs> wantonly murdering civilians. Doing all of jobs. them... Wanton soup. ...were initially videotaped and voice recorded. Immediately after the day concluded, we would watch the video in a session called a hot wash. Immediately after the hot washing, the video was erased to prevent anyone other than Blackwater personnel seeing what had actually occurred. Oh, so they have snuff films, but they won't let the public see them. (laughs) It's just an in-company viewing party. (laughs) Yeah. And then the next allegation is that on multiple occasions, Blackwater fired mental health professionals who would not clear uh, Blackwater employees to redeploy to Iraq. Uh, A lot of Blackwater employees obviously had PTSD or they were fucked up on steroids or drug addictions. So mental health employees working for Blackwater would occasionally try to pull these people and not send them into the field with lethal weapons. And, of course, uh, it's alleged by John Doe number two that uh, several of these mental health professionals were terminated because they wouldn't clear these people for combat, (laughs) which is, of course, profit motive in action right there. uh, Because, you know, you don't get as much money if you can't provide X number of mercenaries. Um, but Who the, all just like look jacked up like the Expendables on steroids? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you get hard R Reggie's. <laughs> 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 
It just fi- it fired three thera- therapists. <laughs> That's why he says the N-word. The N-word died in his arms. Uh, but so, and then the last of these allegations by John Doe 1 and 2, and the, the most insane to me, is essentially John Doe, uh, one of the John Doe's, alleges that Eric Prince and his associates personally either knew, uh, carried out or ordered the murder of somebody who was a witness cooperating with the federal government. Wow. So this is why John Doe 1 and 2... Are um, John Doe and not yes. their actual names. Why these former Blackwater employees and associates uh, it, it swore under oath, uh, but anonymously, because they are rightly afraid that Eric Prince might fucking kill them. So it is just like... Snitches get stitches. Yeah. It is like when you're... Again, for a billionaire, already one of the most powerful people in the world, but also a Navy SEAL with your own private army. It's understandable that it is difficult to to carry out a government prosecution against you. You're mean, a, I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, being a billionaire and a Navy SEAL is like, oh, you're a sociopath <laughs> <laughs> who now has the skills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. I just want to say this podcast has been hosted by John Doe 3, John Doe 4, John Doe 5, and Gabe. And Eric Prince's uh, defense, at his advanced age, it's very hard to get an erection. Mm. And uh, killing a um, witness with your bare hands. Well, in light of uh, the... Go on, Andy. In light of the murder allegations, I would like to remind anyone who listens to this podcast and has malicious intentions to the host that we will stop for a million dollars. There is no need for any wet work. We're done. I, I'm tired of doing this anyways. Dude, I just want an all-expenses-paid, like, three-week workshop at uh, whatever the Z campus is. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just get like two weekends at Sandals, preferably not next to <laughs> That's all I want. Uh, but I imagine it would like start as all expenses paid, and then the, uh, <laughs> they wait till you get there and yeah. they change the contract. You show up yeah. sandals in some war zone. I mean, you can do the uh, the. Hey, it's sandals Sierra Leone. Yeah. Trust me, I think yeah. it's going to be pretty good. You Look, can do the cheaper version, but there are uh, occasionally accidents <laughs> what that accidents? happen on the range. It's just just you know regular. Uh, accidents that happen in this kind of work. You uh, should wear this bulletproof vest made out of hornets. <laughs> so um, to continue on, like to from the, the allegations of murder to what was actually done about this, um, Obama essentially entered into a deferred prosecution agreement with Blackwater, um, uh, which <laughs> his administration Good to know he would... treats banks or war crimes like banks. <laughs> Look, uh, a lot of people <laughs> think I should wait <laughs> defer the prosecutor <laughs> um but uh so yes well, so uh, these war crimes are uh very uh, important to our economy and i don't <laughs> want to destabilize the war crimes by uh some mercenaries are too big to fail <laughs> but yes uh, uh federal prosecutors would tell uh, who worked on the case would tell jeremy scahill uh that essentially their case was kind of undermined because throughout obama's early term they were continuing to hire blackwater affiliated companies to do security in iraq and afghanistan while the federal prosecutors were attempting to prosecute blackwater so essentially they settled for about 50 million in fines and the usual promise to not do anything again <laughs> but it should be noted that prince's companies is from the nation 
admitted to providing on numerous occasions during Prince's tenure defense goods and services to foreign governments without the required State Department licensing, a.k.a. illegal arms sales. Uh, in some cases, they admitted to providing services even after failing to obtain a license from the State Department. So essentially lying to the government about what they were doing. Dude, I feel like I s- th- this sounds like the villains from the 1980s James Bond movies. <laughs> right, right. Like who Timothy Dalton had to fight, you know? Yeah. Just, ugh. <laughs> All right, continues. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so it is interesting because at this point during the Obama administration, Eric Prince is for a brief time actually afraid that he might end up going to prison. Uh, Leon Panetta at the CIA kind of throws him under the bus. Apparently he was running like a kill program out of Dick Cheney's office. Where like uh, in the office, <laughs> <laughs> where uh, uh, Eric Prince's Blackwater was working with uh, d- uh, Joint Special Operations Command, which is the, um, the body the of the military that oversees the SEALs, Delta Force, etc., as well as the CIA to essentially do uh, kill <laughs> kills and uh, captures, um, just completely outside of congressional oversight. Um, so Eric Prince is worried about going to prison, and uh, he flees to Abu Dhabi in 2010 and he sells Blackwater in 2010 which is now called Academy or whatever for about a little more than 100 million Abu Dhabi's were definitely not guilty people go (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh and we would be remiss not to also mention the uh, Nisor Square massacre which is uh, where in an intersection uh, they shot 14 civilians uh, uh, and one of the well, they killed seven. They killed seventeen people, and then I mean, yeah, it wow. was. It, they, but they said that three bullets. of them had it coming. Okay, uh, right. was the official verdict, and then one of them got sentenced to uh, with murder, a couple others manslaughter, and then Iraq banned Blackwater from their country as a result. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can ban Blackwater? Yeah, and then they changed um, the name, and they could come back. Yeah, <laughs> no, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, so he moves to Abu Dhabi, though it is uh, Abu Dhabi, in 2010. It's alleged that by the New York Times that he was trying to help assemble a secret army, quote, for the United Arab Emirates, of course, uh, famously a repressive government over there. Uh, he's denied that. But in 2014, he co-founds what's called a Frontier uh, Services Group, which um, is, is the airline? Yeah, um, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is from the Intercept. It's a logistics and security business that trades on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Interestingly enough, Citic Group, which is a Chinese state-owned conglomerate, is a major shareholder in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Prince would uh, also be linked to Chinese intelligence. So essentially, uh, his company, Frontier Service Group, uh, that he's the co-founder and CEO of, is uh, uh, heavily bankrolled by the Chinese government. And um, he says he spends more than 80% of his time there on Frontier Services Group, but it's described essentially as a logistics company. But according to this Intercept story, which I'll link to on the Tumblr, it's alleged that under the banner of Frontier Services Group, he was traveling to different nations and essentially saying he could provide them with Blackwater services. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, he's just, he can't get out of the game, essentially. Like, you know, Frontier Services Group is, uh, it's supposed to be just an aviation and logistics firm. Uh, again, according to The Intercept, they specialize in shipping in Africa and elsewhere. They also do evacuations from uh, conflict zones. But none of their pub- their publicly traded company, they have no licenses for mercenary work, arms sales, private security, this kind of shit. Don't say mercenary. <laughs> but under uh, under his leadership, he was going around and pitching these different plans. And um, 
among them was he pitched like a plan to Libya, like in the aftermath, of course, of the U.S., uh, the NATO intervention there and with the breakdown of security. It, it's kind of uh, comical in that he like went you over mean opening of the markets. <laughs> he went over there and he was like trying to find somebody to pitch his services to but he couldn't figure out who the actual government stakeholders were wow <laughs> you know because there was a c- complete collapse but uh later he tried again and this time <laughs> isis is like <laughs> 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 um but he, so he tried again uh and this time he tried to pitch to both um germany and italy they they guess i uh, oh, I wonder why those two countries came up yeah they weren't as interested but it, what he tried to pitch to them was essentially a refugee capture force and um it's it's uh pretty fascinating where um essentially what they were saying is that hey we'll like provide a mercenary force that like uh prevents refugees from getting to europe you know but um, just from The Intercept, one person involved in Prince's plan said the anti-migration force was seen as a vehicle for Prince to build a, quote, back door for so-called kinetic or lethal operations in Libya, a kind of mercenary mission creep. During the day, you do interdiction of migrants, not kinetic, said the person. But these routes are used by weapon smugglers and drug traffickers at night. Insurgents, too. Eric's guys can then be offered to the Libyans to help them with other problems. And That's do you know how what you we kinetic. like doing anyway? <laughs> night hunting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's essentially the idea where, um, you know, he's uh, uh, going around ostensibly as a logistics company, but pitching security to uh, various repressive regimes. And, and then also in this Intercept article, it's alleged that to get funding for this Libya operation, he met with uh, Chinese intelligence officials and they helped him set up a secret bank account in Macau or something huh. to fund this uh, uh, Libyan. And again, this is all in uh, Jeremy Scahill's uh, Intercept stories. The dude's a straight warmonger. Yeah. I mean, like, that's his job. Mm-hmm. Oh, also. Uh, and he's already a billionaire. Like, that's what's crazy. He's not doing this, like, because he needs the money. Like it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm broke. I mean, have we ever covered someone who needs the money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it fair. is funny. Yeah. Like, Carl Icahn doesn't need the money, but he just loves laying people off. Right. Whereas uh, Eric Prince doesn't need the money, but he just likes laying people out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so, back to one thing I mentioned earlier. Also, like, towards the end of his run with Blackwater, uh, they couldn't get as many Americans, or Americans were too expensive. And so, uh, they started just getting people. Uh, from like former tortures from the Pinochet regime. Hell yeah! Uh, like staff, <laughs> they're like, look to your left. Do you see a South African police officer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> look to your right. Do you see somebody who like to give people helicopter rides? <laughs> oh yeah, Chilean Pinochet <laughs> secret police. We're at like a buck fifteen. Okay, yeah, and just like. Uh, Which is about what they paid the uh, South American <laughs> contractors. Dude, they're like Zetas. Yeah. That's what they are. They're like the Mexican they cartels. Really are Zetas, yeah. 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 Private army. Um, and so, one other thing the other company, the private equity firm, is called Frontier Resource Group. And this is kind of insane because we've talked to death on this podcast about private equity, but essentially, it's a private equity group that deals with uh, resources, uh, particularly in um, like the Congo and other um, heavily distressed African nations. So uh, you can imagine how a, a mercenary uh, skill set would be valuable yeah. when dealing with um, uh, uh, resource mining in these areas. And, of course, the connection to the, the Chinese intelligence is relevant as well because China has famously made um, infrastructure investments in uh, various African nations, which uh, is not imperialism under the tenets of Marxism, Marxism-Leninism. <laughs> but uh, that's neither here nor there. But the point is essentially that 
uh, if these Chinese uh, firms and government have made these investments, they want people to protect their investments. So this is another place where a private mercenary like Eric Prince can make some money by Proud communist investments <laughs> by protecting uh, these kinds of investments. Man, everyone wants to fuck Africa over. Everyone. <laughs> He's working with Chinese people. He's asking about Germany and Italy about this shit. Hey, man, we can take some shit from Africa. You in? Mm-hmm. That's literally his job. We would be remiss if we didn't mention that uh, Daddy Mueller, Robert Mueller, is looking into Eric Prince. Eric Prince has turned over some phones and shit. And basically, this is from a Washington Post story that Eric Prince traveled to the Seychelles to help Donald Trump set up a backdoor channel to Vladimir Putin. And, nice. uh, you know, whatever you think about that, he uh, alleged, he's lied about this, or he said he didn't do this to Congress. So that's lying under oath. So uh, maybe... It, you know what? Well, if there's one thing that takes down the rich and powerful, it's perjury. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, uh, the maybe he will get caught up in the Mueller investigation. We will see. But as of today, he is still pitching his privatized Afghan war, and we will see if uh, he ends up making it. You know, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for uh, screwdriver's sake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and side note, uh, he's a huge fan of Ollie North. Oh yeah. So follow following another great American war hero's footsteps. Yep. Oh, and we forgot to mention, but he donated a quarter of a million dollars to Donald Trump's campaign, even before it was apparent that Donald Trump would win. So that's uh that's what a true believer does. And uh I guess we will see if uh Eric Prince ends up uh the viceroy of Afghanistan. But um until then anything else we didn't get to? I think we covered about all of it. Uh, thank you to our guest, Gabe Pacheco. Again, co-host Katie Halper show, uh, Eat, Pray, Judge podcast. Um, note, I will be out next week. Uh, so this will, my Cal Ripken Jr. streak of 31 episodes <laughs> will come to an end. And uh, Andy, Steve, and Yogi will be doing an episode without me. And I'm so excited for you all to hear it because I will not listen to it. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, very you, excited. You really aren't. <laughs> no, I, I'm good. I've got a long plane ride back. Uh, so cool, I cool. Will, I'm glad that if I you will. didn't have a long plane ride, you wouldn't support the podcast. You're yeah. fucking good. But, uh, uh, Sean's going to Brazil. Yes, I am. Uh, I, I don't want to be more specific because I have just given information to a man. Uh, I've just talked shit about a man with... With Latin American mercenary connections. Yeah, there's no death squads in Brazil. <laughs> um, we but, haven't seen Elite Force yes. 1 and 2. <laughs> but I will be... Uh, I saw the first one. I really liked it. I know it's military. Uh, uh, I will be back the following week, assuming I don't die of yellow fever or uh, other crossed. hot wash circumstances. Oh, and I also <laughs> want to uh, give a quick shout out. Uh, this last week, I have been on the Being Jim Davis podcast, which is a podcast that reviews Garfield comic strips uh, strip by strip uh, in chronological order. Uh, They're going to have another 38 plus years going. Wow. And And I thought our project was ambitious. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently anyone can co-host if you just message them. But yeah. uh, Also for our listeners, I'm trying to get Steve Zahn on an episode. (laughs) Uh, I've tweeted at him a few times. He lives in Kentucky. So get Get the message out, ladies and gentlemen. We want Steve's on of national security fame. All right. Well, uh, thank you again so much to Gabe Pacheco, our guest. Thank you to listen. Thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you in Afghanistan. Bye.